Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 225 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. Today, we share our thoughts on Nebraska's spring game with fans in the stadium. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. Justin, how was it, man? It was really good. It was really fun. I saw some of your tweets about it being um, being emotional, uh, more of a more of an experience than you expected. Yeah, you know, I um, it's been a long it's been a long time. It's been a long I want to say year, but you know, longer than a year. We've all been so isolated and haven't been in the stadium. And then also, uh, you know, I did that episode earlier this summer with my grandpa and my dad, and uh, we actually got to go to the game together. Um, and as I've said before, I used to always sit by grandpa at the games, um, going back. I bet it's, I bet it's been more than a decade though, since I've sat with him. Wow. So, so we, we sat there together and, uh, my dad was there and my father-in-law was there and my uncle, um, on my dad's side and it's just kind of an emotional moment. Everybody came running out and I think Cam Taylor Britt came out, uh, up from the locker room right next to Frost and they shook hands and they hit the. They hit the horseshoe, and I always love how Frost hit the horseshoe. Like he hits that horseshoe as a player, you know, mm-hmm. as a player. He he hit that horseshoe for however many years, um, and that's how he hits it now. And I just kind of put my arm around my grandpa, and fireworks went off, and the team came out, and I looked around, and yeah, it was it was uh, it was special for sure. And what you just described, Justin, I I think is capturing in a bottle why this podcast exists right like we don't do this because we demand that nebraska win games we want them to win games we absolutely like we're desperate for wins but that is not the foundation of our fandom it is this it's this way of life that we were brought up and and I don't want to get too philosophical here, but I mean, it's just, it's woven into the fabric of our life stories, right? And so we're not just going to walk out on a team because they've been floundering for the past couple of years. We're going to stick with them. I mean, you and I were just talking before we hit record on this about, you know, people walking away from relationships after several decades, right? I'm not going to do yeah. that to my team. I'm not, I mean, like, right. that, not to like, <laughs> Maybe I'm going down the wrong road here, but like, uh, hopefully, you hear what I'm saying is like we we are. There's more to this than just wins and losses. Um, there are memories, there are family memories, experiences that we had in that stadium. I mean, like, just you and I. Part of the reason that we're talking today is um, because of some of those foundational experiences that we had going to games together as kids. 
right? And yeah, um, yeah. So so I don't think it can be undersold the importance of fans being in the stadium this past weekend to just the overall morale <laughs> and the overall health of the football program and this state. Well, and I'll, I will just say, you know, this is a personal comment. Here living in Lincoln, wife and I are vaccinated. Everybody, all the, well, all the adults that I mentioned that were at the game vaccinated and a lot of the city is vaccinated and there's there's not quite the demand. Is, um, there's just a, so, such a level of comfort right now in society and, you know, you have to pause and, and reflect that in India, you know, they have you have a, mm. a third of a million people daily testing positive. So globally, we're not out of the woods by any stretch right. of the imagination. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, so we're not out of the woods yet, but it does feel like, man, life life is, is getting back a little bit to normal. And, and just walking around town beforehand, walking from where we parked. And it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time uh, for the world, for society. It's an exciting time for Nebraska football. Frost came came to Nebraska and, you know, somewhat cocky, somewhat tongue-in-cheek says he hopes the Big Ten adjusts to us. And um, there's maybe that didn't happen right away. And now the, he's adjusted and uh, he's got bigger guys across the board. I mean, it's a physical team. It's a big team. They're they're playing hard. They, they were beat up in this spring because they're being so physical. And... Um, you know, it kind of feels like it feels like we're a lot closer than we've ever been. And not only are we closer, like we have a better sense of what it takes. Yeah. You know? So like you, sure. might've, you and I might have said in year two, we probably did like, oh, we're so close. But you know, we didn't know. We didn't know what lie before. Right. And now we uh, as a fan base, we're more battle tested and road weary. And, and we have a better sense of what it takes to be successful in this league. And uh, I will say that there's still a lot of question marks, um, but feeling feeling good about the potential of this team. Yeah, that's interesting that you put it that way. You think of, you know, like you, you can only get beat up so many times before you start bulking up so that you can fight back, right? And hopefully that's right. what's happening with Nebraska football this year. That is that is certainly what this team has done. Yeah. I mean, it's a big team. They, they too many too many times now in a row. Has Nebraska kind of gone into the offseason licking their wounds? And so, yeah, hopefully they're they're addressing that <laughs> here in the in the offseason. Um, so, you know, to, to, to start talking about the game a little bit, um, just, o- overall, um, what what do you think of uh, what you saw on the field this, this weekend? Well, that first half was kind of dull, just playing the thud concept where I totally understand why they're doing it and I don't fault them for it. But just uh, it was frustrating to have a quarterback make a move and then he gets tagged on the shoulder and we're like, oh, the play's over. Mm. Or, you know, uh, a running back bursts through the line and you think maybe they're going to do something. It's like, oh, they're tagged. Like, the play's over. Um, and so I'm sure that's frustrating for the player, for both sides, offense and defense. You can't, you can't show a juke or a running through a guy if you get, you know, two-hand touched and you can't practice your tackling and demonstrate your physicality, which is, of course, key piece of the game on defense um if you're doing two-hand touch so yeah it's um, it's interesting the way you describe that it makes you wonder if like maybe they should have actually gone all the way and had flags like done flag football for the first half instead of two-hand touch well you know it was it was uh this is what i said after the the um the practice that was open like i think that practice was more 
helpful than the first half of this football game. Just mm. the the first half of the football game was basically just guys like walking through or like a walkthrough, you know, like an yeah. extra physical walkthrough. It's mm-hmm. like here's play X, Y, and Z. You know, let's see, make sure everybody knows the routes they're supposed to run. And it was kind of like seven on seven, basically, except for there's a few linemen in the way mm-hmm. and linebackers. Um, well, I mean, it, it makes me think of when we we're doing, you know, backyard football with the youth group or whatever, you know, just kind of just, just all time quarterback. Everybody's running and you, you, you try to try to run through somebody, but they tag in. It's like, all right, well, let's regroup and do the next thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then when uh, when the second half started, it was kind of like uh, you'd been lulled into a dream state and then someone like splashed water. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> we're playing football now. Right. Like right. to see a guy like run through the line and like you've been used to him being two hand touch and all of a sudden he like makes a move or takes a guy down and keeps running. Like, OK, OK, this is that's right. This is a fun game. OK. Yeah. I like this game football. Um, so the second half was much more interesting. And also. Um, so many of those guys are known quantities in the first half, and so many of the guys in the second half, you just don't know. New faces, new names, mm-hmm. new opportunities. So uh, there was a lot of excitement, I would say, for that second half, and uh, I, I had to leave a little early there um, because my daughter had a, a micro-soccer game. You can't miss the micro-soccer. Oh, right. It was really, my, my, yeah, my in-laws were with me, so they couldn't miss the micro-soccer. So that was... <laughs> You know, I, no, I, I'm I'm not bitter. It was it was it was good, but we, we did leave a little early and so missed what sounded like an exciting finish. Um, but yeah, that whole second half was really fun. Um, tackling to the ground, seeing some new running backs, get a shot. There were a lot of different people carrying the ball on Saturday. That was something I was excited about. Was just, uh, you know, it, we've talked at length uh, on this podcast about how it seemed to have it seemed to have been. It seems to have been running back by committee in recent years instead of one big star kind of kind of taking the helm of everything. And it looks like there might be a couple of guys who are kind of rising to the top. Um, you know, Marvin Scott. Um, I, I, you know, just to just to name a couple people. Um, I thought that Yant looked nice and hefty it was nice to see a big boy running running the ball i I don't know what anybody weighs i don't know um i could be totally wrong he could be just the same size as everybody else but he looked like you know kind of a beefy boy carrying the ball which i really liked that um so you know just just in general the the number the sheer number of people that i saw carrying the ball was encouraging to me because that seemed to have been such an issue last year um and at, at least it's nice to know that they have some options, even if those options are walk-ons. Heard a lot of walk-ons getting mentioned on Saturday. Well, and yeah, and that and that's what the spring game I think is for. It's it's for the walk-ons. It's for the guys in the twos and the threes to try to make a push for more playing time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a prove it kind of moment for those guys. Your starters, it's more like uh, just put don't on get a good show. <laughs> don't get hurt. Right, right. So you look at the uh, the stats from the game. And a combined fifteen people carried the ball. Hmm. Wow. Between between the red and the white team, so that's that's, that's a lot of carries. Marvin yeah, Scott uh, was the leading rusher, eleven carries for seventy five yards, with a long of thirty nine, which I think was the longest rush of the day. And Jacques Yant had nine carries for sixty four yards. Yeah. For the white team, Gabe Irvine Irvin had twelve carries, so that's actually the most carries for fifty eight yards. It was nice just seeing twenty-two 
Like, I know it's such an arbitrary thing, but seeing 22 carrying the ball was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Savion Morrison, we've heard his name a lot through the last several years and haven't seen much from him at eight carries for 38 yards. Yeah, he looked good. Ronald Tompkins, Ronald Tompkins another guy who we've heard a lot of, uh, four carries for 32 yards. So, I don't know. you got to think, just based on this, and we don't have step, and we don't have the USC transfer, uh, Yant, Scott, Irvine, I mean, that's that's three dudes who, I don't know. It, it's it's also spring ball, so you don't want to read too much into it. But, I mean, that that those look like a handful of guys that could, yeah. that could make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for me, again, it comes back to all, all everybody you just mentioned, Scott, uh, Irvin, yeah, Tompkins, uh, the list goes on. From what I saw, everything looked looked good. Like I was like, okay, yeah, this guy has potential. You know, I'm sure that he could, you know, given the right opportunities, and uh, if he does his job over the summer, I could see him getting a spot on the team where he's he's making a contribution. You know, so um, beyond that, like like you were just saying though, beyond that, who knows, <laughs> right? Like. We'll see right. who ends up surfacing as do, getting the job. But I, I just like, I guess I'm, I'm going to fall back on it. I'm just happy that it seems they have options, that these guys hopefully are going to be pushing each other, um, and, and that competition will make them even better than if there weren't so many options, you know? So Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and personally, I, I just think this is the biggest question mark we've had mm-hmm. outside of special teams, which has been a question mark pretty much the whole time you and I have been podcasting. Um, uh, there, there is so little, I, there, obviously we don't have a lot of proven, we don't have a lot of proven catches in the wide receiver room, mm-hmm. but you do have some, you know, uh, Torre certainly has shown capability at the FCS level. I mean, you've got guys who they're ready to play. We know they can play. We don't know anything about these guys at right. the running back room. Right. Uh, the step, step, the one guy had an injury and is missed out on learning the offense in this extremely critical time. So, um, so yeah, running backs, biggest question mark for me coming into the, into the summer and then the fall, (laughs) Adrian, Adrian will look a heck of a lot better if he can hand it off consistently to one or two guys. And, you know, if you know, going in, we're going to have a hundred yard rusher. Um, and I think the one thing that we haven't said throughout this whole running back conversation is that offensive line, I think they can move people. Yeah, it's it, it's coming together. It's it it. We keep thinking it's going to be a strength, and it hasn't been yet. And um, they keep growing. They keep getting better. Um, everybody's optimistic in the spring, but I still, like the looks of this group. Still saw some wild snaps on Saturday, man. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> Oh, you'd think that by now, like, the whole, like, oh, gotta go get that one, that whole situation would be gone. But, like, out of fairness, every game probably has a couple of snaps where you're like, whoop, you know, and they, sure. they have to adjust. So maybe maybe my radar is a little too sensitive for that right now. That but. could be. You have a sensitive <laughs> radar. I think that's true. So, um... I was encouraged. You, you did bring up special teams. I was encouraged. Colt, I thought, considering the wind... I thought that his kicks looked good. I, I think he made all the ones that he was asked to kick. There was another, like, was it Hines or something who they brought in? Yeah. And, and, you know, 
I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt with how windy it was. It, it, it's, I mean, especially with the way the wind seemed to be affecting some of those oh my throws. Goodness. You can only imagine how difficult it was for Colt to even get it between the uprights. So, yeah. yeah. So Gabe Hines missed from 29 yards. I think that was with the wind. And Connor Colt made it from 30 and 23 yards. What this stat sheet does not show is whether or not they were with the wind. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I was really, real. I mean, I, we're all concerned about the weather coming into Memorial Stadium, but I was doing the the Lincoln Half Marathon the next morning. Right. And was so concerned. Like, you train for months and months for this stuff. And then if you go out on Saturday and sit in the sun for three hours and mm-hmm. you have the sun baking your skin and, oh, yeah, a 30-mile-an-hour wind from the south ripping the moisture out of your body, <laughs> like, it's going to wreck your run. Um, and we just got so lucky with uh, – we ended up being on row 34 in the West Stadium. Just My dad just requested tickets as soon as he could, and that's what we got. And right at kickoff, the sun was literally on our toes, and it only went further away. Nice. We got more shade the whole time. So um, we were really, really lucky in that regard. Yeah, um, it was a hot yeah, day, it was, wasn't it? I didn't it was I a hot about that. day. Yeah. It was a hot day. I think it was high in the 90s. Um, so anyway, as an aside, the weather the weather was a factor. Um, so, hey, let's talk a little bit about quarterback. Um, what – what were your takeaways on quarterback? Um, I don't know. I don't know. So this is part of the thing. I on Saturday I had we had I was had my nephews. They were running all over and sometimes all over me while I'm trying to watch this <laughs> game. Um, and and so I don't know if they discussed this very much in the telecast, but Martinez looks like he has slimmed down significantly. He looked healthier this year. I mean, like he was never chubby. You know, like he didn't look mm-hmm. unhealthy last year, but he just looked just more fit to me. Uh, just from mm-hmm. just just the the eye test, he looked um, not quite as bulky as last year, and and I think that that hopefully will translate to him being a little bit more elusive. You know, obviously they still had him running the ball occasionally um, on Saturday. Nine times. Um, at the same time, uh, some of those. East-West throws, I can't stand those. They're still trying them. Um, I don't know if I saw one that worked on Saturday. I don't know why they keep doing that, but that's more of a playbook thing than it is something against Martinez. I just don't like those. Uh, He still has a tendency to... You've been burnt. You've been burnt too many times. Uh, he has a tendency to try to zip the ball in there sometimes, and I think he catches his receivers off guard. Hopefully, just the more he works with these guys, the more they'll get used to that kind of thing. Because, like, to me, that strikes me as the receivers need to catch up to him instead of him changing mm. things. You know, like, if if he has a short window and he's going to try to throw it, you know, force it in there, they got to be ready for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, screens are finally looking good. But again, spring game. Who knows? Um, just overall, Martinez. I think I think he looked fine. I, I wasn't overly impressed, but what I saw didn't cause any concern. So like right right down the middle. Yeah on the uh, on the speed and the size comment, uh, our buddy six hundred one did this really slick video that he tweeted where he he com- he put a play from the spring game alongside the exact same play from. Uh, from Martinez's freshman year mm-hmm. and or I, it was either Martinez freshman year or it was last year. I think it was his freshman year though. And there's definitely an extra zip or, you know, mm. he's got a little bit more speed, a little bit more um, acceleration. Maybe he just right now he, he does. He looks 
Like he's maybe he had bulked up a little bit too much in the past. Mm-hmm. He looked really strong, obviously really healthy, and um, he ran it really well. But as you and I know, like the sec- the secret to success is not running Martinez as much as we can. Like that needs to be a change up, you know, that his, his running game, like not, he ran the ball nine times and that was in a half. Like I would be thrilled if we came out of a game where he ran nine times all game. Yeah. And so that yeah. is, an, that's an, that's enough to keep the defense honest where they have to respect him as a threat. Um, and then, you know, hopefully not enough to get him hurt mm-hmm. so that then you have to have one of these mystery backups before we move on to the backups though. I, I felt there's just something about his delivery and maybe maybe it's because this isn't really like a significant practice, you know, it's just another I don't know, they're all significant. I just felt like there was like a casualness to the way he gets rid of the ball, like mm. his his pass, his delivery just kind of like zips it. Like you said, just kind of like I can't I can't describe it, but um but but I I said this to my father-in-law who like they live in Chicago, they usually follow Nebraska just since the my wife and I have been married, they've started following along, but um, he's no Husker Homer by any means, and he kind of agreed that there's. It's just, it's just not, you know, it's not like Taylor Martinez, like the throwing motion. We gotta fix the throwing motion, but there's yeah, just yeah, something yeah. a little bit. There's just something a little bit off, and um, he clearly knows the system. He's got the confidence of the team. He got benched last year. He's been hurt every year. Um, we'll we'll go as far as he can get us. Hopefully, having some much better running back options and some wide receivers that can maybe with a larger catch radius can make some of his inaccuracies look better. Mm. It was a pretty accurate guy. Like who's exceptionally accurate. I, I should say last year. So yeah. you just got to complete those long balls. You just got to complete yeah. the long balls. And that's actually something we didn't, I didn't bring up is I did appreciate, you know, uh, not always successful, but they were, they were having him throw it down the field a little bit more um, than I've seen in any previous spring game from him. So um, I feel like that it's no secret though, that that's what everybody's expecting this fall is like, you got to get the ball downfield. It has to happen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No surprise that they were trying some things well, on Saturday. Well, the longest completion of the game was a 40 yard pass from Mr. Harburg out of Carney Catholic, who I was really impressed with. Um, I'm looking at his stats here. He was 9 of 23 with an interception and a touchdown. And then let's see what he was rushing. Whoop, whoop. I'm not going to lie. I had never even heard of the guy until Saturday. Oh, really? I, like nine, what, nine didn't even know 34 about yards. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought yeah, he looked you good. Know, I, I have, you and I are kind of similar in that we don't follow recruiting a ton. Like We pay attention to them once they're here, but he's someone that – um, in the state of Nebraska, people had been really high on, mm. and sometimes Nebraska, oftentimes Nebraska recruits, especially when they commit to Nebraska right away, um, they just don't get a lot of national press. And I think there's just an assumption, well, like that—that's a Nebraska guy, and they—they they had to offer him because he's a right, good Nebraskan, right? And so there's maybe some cynicism about how good someone is, um, but uh, his uh, poise in the pocket, his delivery, his throwing motion. His ability to scramble, um, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. Um, uh, Masker, also from Carney Catholic, has been in the program a little longer. Um, just did he just throw two passes and completed one? Yeah, I didn't. I, mean, I don't didn't even notice much from him. Kept I I don't know if I saw him in the game more than once one series yeah. in the three quarters that I was there. So uh, yeah, that I. 
Either that. I only either had he's notes hurt. for three. I only had notes for yeah. Martinez, Smothers, and Harper. So or Harburg. Sorry, Harburg. Yeah. So either Masker is hurt, or this is you know giving some snaps to the guy that's going to be the two or three. Logan Smothers, um, eight of thirteen passing for seventy six yards. A lot of scrambling. Rolling, uh, yeah, he likes to run it. Two yard, two rushes for seven yards for the white team, and five rushes for eighteen yards for the red team. He he does. He likes to scramble. Uh not not quite as accurate. Um yeah. got, we got a really interesting uh really interesting couple years ahead with Logan being the big out of state recruit and Harburg being maybe the overlooked in state recruit. Um yeah. I, I'm really curious about what the future holds here, but you know, one of these guys is gonna have to be the number two and statistically you look at the track record. Adrian has missed games because of me. Mm-hmm. So, Yikes. you know, hopefully you, oh, you man. run him last. You got my word already, man. It's it's what? May, and I'm worried about <laughs> Martinez' health in the fall. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you run him last, and so then he's not as banged up. But that's not been the trend. But yeah. Yet, yeah. Anyway, any other quarterback thoughts? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I I one of my things was I just don't feel like we learned too much about some others like. That's fair. I, I it's it's hard to know. Um, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's the number two guy because people are saying he's the number two guy. That's <laughs> that's where I'm at with it. He's got a neat name too. I wonder if he has any brothers. If he, if there's some others brothers, is that some others brothers? Yeah, that's making? where I was going. Yep, yep. Gotcha. Thank you for spelling that's, it out. <laughs> it took a took a moment for me to get there, but uh, uh, as far as um, receivers go. Uh, our fellow Millard West alum, Brody Bell, was the leading receiver in terms of yardage with 51 yards on five receptions and a touchdown. So good hey, for him. Hey, yeah. Did you, were you paying attention at the end of the game? Uh, at the very end, you're talking about uh, Lever or whatever? Yeah, the, the walk-off touchdown. Or I guess yeah, they had to kick the nice. extra point. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Well, they had to kick the extra point to decide who won, if there was a winner or if it was a tie, but I was... I'm trying to decide if it was actually a walk-off touchdown. Oh, sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm not sure if that fits the definition, but when you're talking about walk-off, you're mixing words already, so. (laughs) You know, uh, Omar Manning, aside from his very first attempted catch, I thought he looked pretty solid. Yeah, he had two catches that were called back by holding penalties that were not related to him. So, I mean, Mm. he only had three catches for 24 yards uh, on paper, but had some more. He might have for what yeah 24 yards he might have doubled his yardage if if not for those holds right well even more so with that that very first pass was a huge long ball that would have been great and he tried to catch it with his chest and i was just like no what what is this but then he kind of settled in and was doing a lot lot better for the rest of the game so i was like okay good 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 maybe that was just nerves (laughs) so gotta we gotta start hitting those i just want to point out i am all for will nixon I think Will Nixon. I hope we get to see him a lot on the on the field this fall, and it, it, there's only one reason for that. What's that? I have a former student from when I was a youth pastor who is named Will Nixon, who goes oh. to the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, uh, and so I've already been texting him about like, so how many to- how many people have mixed you up for a football player so far? He's like, it hasn't happened too much yet, but I met the guy and he's really nice. So that was kind of fun to be like, oh hey, I know Will Nixon, That's awesome. just the other awesome. Will Nixon from Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think we've got a pretty deep. You look at the names here on the, who received who caught balls, and 
I feel like we've got a, a relatively deep group here, and um, I'm excited about it. I feel like there's been just a ton of focus on wide receivers this offseason, and uh, they got to prove it to us, but I'm, I'm excited about the potential here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it's so hard. Um, just these are these are names and these are people that we haven't seen on the field yet, right? And and so mm-hmm. uh, for for you and I, uh, as people who do most of our <laughs> most of our analysis based on what we've actually seen transpire on the field, um, the spring game is always somewhat of an enigma. Um, where it's like, well, that was neat, and that was neat mm-hmm. too. <laughs> who knows whether this will have any bearing whatsoever on the team this fall. <laughs> right. I think even Frost himself said something to the effect of you don't even know what to hope for, whether it's like, oh, I hope that guy gets a sack. Oh, I hope that guy doesn't get sacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What What does it all mean? Yep. The, the annual conversation of if the defense looks great, that means the offense is bad. <laughs> or the other right. way around. Well, I'll tell you, the, the first team defense really shut down the second team offense. I think they had like 19 yards or something mm. in the first half. Mm. So, one's Dude, running against the twos, but... How about that strip fumble on a tackle? Oh, my gosh. See, now that might have that looked sharper on TV. Tell me about oh, it. Oh, it was beautiful. Like, he was he was stripping the ball as he was tackling the guy. I think it, I think it was Bullock or something, 89. Okay. Um, I didn't, in, in the moment, I did not think, I thought it was just, oh, the ball came out when he hit the ground, but they slowed it down and it was just this beautiful example of, he had oh, the guy okay. wrapped up, but then he had one arm in there just yanking the ball Rapping out as it came out. Oh, it was great. And I just elbowed my closet here, but yeah. <laughs> was it, was it right on the sideline? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I remember it now because my my uncle was like, "Oh, I think that that was caught by the ground." Mm-hmm. But uh, and I thought that the, at first, but then what I saw I was like, "Oh, that's clear as day, and it's beautiful." <laughs> just a good play. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, moving on here to punters, Pristup had a seventy-yard punt. Yes. Woo! I mean, Cerny. We need to acknowledge. Yes, it was very windy. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Cerny, Cerny had a 61-yard punt, also with the wind. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler Crawford had a 53-yard punt, presumably with the wind. So there was uh, some windy conditions. The kickoff. It's a far the, cry the, from our net negative yardage punts of the past. <laughs> this is true. That better not ever happen again in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny for all the talk we had of special teams and how important they are. They didn't practice them. Right. I mean, right. The kick, they kicked field goals, and then when they did the punt, like it was just the long snapper, which is fun to finally get the long snapper featured. The long snapper, the punter, and the punt returner catching it, and then the long, the long snapper runs down to the punt returner. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's a far cry from the days of Sam Fultz running downfield and taking one of his own guys out. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a spring out. Oh, he took out D, uh, Demorne Pearsonell. Yeah. And, and didn't he had have a like, they had like a head. GoPro or something on his helmet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a far cry. <laughs> Good call. I hadn't, mm-hmm. I hadn't made that connection. That's funny. But yeah, you know, it, it it brings me back to what you were saying earlier about the whole two hand touch thing in the first half. Um, and I know you kind of like gl- you just kind of glossed over it that like I understand it, but like I if they wanted to do it for the whole game, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have complained. Okay, well I might have complained, but. I completely understand that decision. You know, one less half of 
people potentially getting hurt. Because, I mean, how many people have had season-ending injuries during the spring game? So, like, I think they did it the best they could and and still kept it a game, still kept things interesting. Um, A better format than Bo Pelini's last few years for sure. I don't even remember what the crap Riley was doing that whole... That whole era is starting to just become a smudge in my memory banks. So, <laughs> special teams are they—they they can be the most exciting play uh, plays in the game. But yeah, they—they they are also big time injury high causers. high likelihood of somebody getting hurt. Yeah, people yeah, running so. full hilt down the field. I mean, that's why they've changed so many rules regarding kickoffs and whatnot in recent years, right? So, yep. So, yeah. So it is what it is, Mike. If you had to guess. Who do you think was the leading tackler for the day? Oh, leading tackler? I have no clue, man. Yeah, I I wouldn't have had any idea. Isaac Gifford. Okay. Five solo, five assisted for ten total tackles. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, Mauga Clements, seven tackles. I need to learn about this young man. Number 22. Noah Pola Gates, someone we've heard a lot about. Um, got famous football relatives. Seven tackles as well. Nash Hutchmacker, Hutchmacker, Nat. Can we take that part out? Nash, the polar bear from South Dakota, uh, six tackles and a sack and a tackle for loss and a forced fumble. Dude, that guy is a, that guy is a beast. <laughs> polar, polar bear is right. I mean, don't mess around with that dude. I mean, because he was a heavyweight wrestler, right? I think he was undefeated or something. I mean, he just, he just tosses guys. It's fun, fun to watch someone like that. So those guys I just listed were on the red team or excuse me, the white team, you look at um, leading tacklers for the red team, uh, you're starting to get into names. You're starting to get deep into the uh, deep deep into the roster. Simon Audi, five tackles. Tyson Guzman, five tackles. Grant Taggy, five tackles. Mason Neiman, Darius Moore, Seth Malcolm, Chris Walker all had four tackles. I don't know those guys. <laughs> I'm glad you're saying that because I'm sitting here, I was about to say... I have not recognized a single name you just read to me, Justin. <laughs> I mean, you get you get down here a little bit further, and you start to see the names that you know. Caleb Tanner, mm-hmm. two tackles. Luke Reimer, two tackles. Casey Rogers, one tackle. Garrett Nelson, one tackle. Ty Robinson, one tackle. So, um, basically, the starters came in, and it was like three and out every time. You know, there's right. like three plays, and they really shut them down. And then there was some incompletes in there, too, where there was no no tackle. So uh, so that's reflective of the fact that the red team defense dominated in the first half and then, um, uh, you know, joking about not who, knowing who these guys are. But, they're the, you know, they're, these are the future. Maybe in, in four years we'll come back and listen and these guys will all be starting and we'll be like, oh, remember when we said who the heck is Seth Malcolm? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the defense, there's lots lots to be excited about with the defense. I feel like it's it's as well a known a group as we've had in a long time. You don't have like what six seniors come back for a seventh year and not know pretty well who they are. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. It's May. We got four months, four long months before Nebraska football kicks into to high gear again. Oh, well, I guess well, there will be a ramp up. But uh, one encouraging thing is that Nebraska has filled that empty. Uh, a week in September, we are now no longer playing a week zero game and then waiting until we play Buffalo or whatever two weeks later. So yeah, um, Fordham. I, I think that that's great, dude. Like 
you know, okay, so first things first, we got to beat Illinois. But then, uh-huh. like, we get a chance to have four games under our belt before we really get into the meat of our schedule. That is such our a big, huge... Our Big Ten schedule, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, take what you will from the Oklahoma game. Um, you know, for me, I'm looking at Illinois. That's an important game. But then you got three games there to kind of still find your bearings before you really need to start winning some games, right? And so um, hopefully we'll have some padding. We can start 3-0. and That would be wonderful. And here I am already starting to want to do our, our season preview where we make a prediction. But um, I just How's think it would be and- huge if Nebraska could start 3-0. and 3-1? and one? Or 4 is, three, what, is three the and Oklahoma o, game? And then maybe 4-0. and o. Or three and one, yeah. Oklahoma's the oh, fourth yeah, yeah. game, yeah. Oh, Oklahoma's the fourth game. So, I was thinking it was the third for some. Yeah, reason. so even if yeah. it was three and one, sure. Yeah, so that's a that's a big development, and mm-hmm. and then also gives you one more precious home game early in the fall, right? When fan enthusiasm is at its highest, that's a great. You know, you don't have a better time to recruit than when it's warm mm-hmm. and everybody's excited to be there. Um, and then you get a a week off in November. Oh my gosh. Huge yeah, that's, in terms that's of the other flip thing. <laughs> yeah, you got you've got a, a pretty decent streak. So you've got interesting is how how it breaks down is um, you because of how that's broken down. Now we don't have a bye week until late in the season. So mm-hmm. Illinois, Fordham, Buffalo, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Northwestern, Michigan, Minnesota, all those consecutive, and then you have your first bye week, and then you host Purdue. And then you host Ohio State, and then you have your second bye week before you go to Wisconsin and then host Iowa. So yeah, that is. I I don't think you could ask for a much better setup as far as but if you wanted to be strategic about where you had your bye weeks, I don't know if you better than that. Yeah, no. Kudos, well done. Good job, Moose. Way, <laughs> way to go. I guess other football news from the weekend. They broke ground on the uh, the new football and all athletes complex. They've got a. A good. They raised eighty of the hundred million that they needed to fundraise, and they have some better drawings of what it's going to look like. So the the stuff that was released, however long ago, pre-pandemic, maybe was a little more conceptual. This is a lot closer to reality. I guess it's like closely guarded state secrets because they don't want um, they don't want other schools to know what they're doing because this, they want this to be top of the line, and they don't want other people to know what they're doing. They want to have an edge for at least a year or two. So, uh, so that's exciting. Also exciting. Uh, we had not one, but two guys drafted after, you know, year before last, not having anybody drafted and just barely having someone drafted last year. Um, Farniak and Hymas both drafted so that, I don't know, the fact that offensive linemen are getting drafted from Nebraska is, feels like what means we're moving in the right direction. And then DiCaprio Boodle, uh, signed with the chiefs as a free agent. Um, Mills signed with the Detroit Lions as a free agent. Stoll signed with Philadelphia. And like there might have been one more that I'm missing. But yeah. So you got got some guys in the pros. I dig it. Speaking of the pros, if you have a house that you want to buy or sell, you need to connect with a pro like Monty Rohde. I saw in the newspaper the other day that, you know, the housing market has been insane where things hit the market and they sell immediately. It's starting to slow down a little bit. But it's not because people don't want to buy. It's because there's fewer houses to sell. So there's less supply. So the demand is high, supply is low, and getting lower 
if you want to sell a home or you want to buy a home, you need to be working with someone mm-hmm. and you need to have a plan for, for getting after it the moment something becomes available. And so uh, you just you can't go wrong by giving Monty a call at 402-770-3356. Now, uh, get that relationship going. Help him know what you want, what you're looking for, if you're buying or get talking about how you're going to sell. Make a plan. Think of it this way. You know, in order for Nebraska to be successful this fall, they have to practice well in the spring, right? And if you want to be successful in buying or selling your next home, you need to prepare now, not just fumble into it when it's time to go. Um, if you fumble into it, you're going to leave. Yeah, you're going to leave money on the table, and you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the table, Justin. Oh, oh. I think it's about time that you and I have another grill out sometime this summer. Featuring Ooh, our our favorite cuts of meat from Central Nebraska Buffalo. That sounds like a delicious idea. In all seriousness, though, Justin and I have actually been talking about getting together now that uh, I'm fully vaccinated, and and so is he, and uh, you know his wife. Um, so yeah, I, I I would love to to do some grilling out with you sooner rather than later because it's it's long overdue and. I don't know, man. Grilling out summertime, it's my jam. I've I've long said that Fourth uh, of July is one of my favorite holidays, and it's just because it encompasses the, the the just the perfection of summertime. I I am I know I'm a Nebraska guy. I know we got our winters. I know everybody here loves the fall, and they love to bundle up in hoodie weather and all that stuff. But for me, pumpkin spice lattes, sm- smack dab in the middle of summer when it's like a hundred degrees. I love Nebraska in the summertime, and nothing better than being out in you know wearing wearing your shorts, sweating, you wiping sweat off your brow. And you got the grill going, making it even hotter. I love it, man. <laughs> we are we are fundamentally different people. Really? Really? Yeah. You like the I mean, winter? I, I, no. What's wrong with you? The older I get, the more grumpy I get about the middle of summer. Ugh. Like having family over and grilling uh, this the other night, uh, it was like I don't know, high sixties. And for once, there was no breeze, and that was about perfect. You couldn't beat that. Maybe it was even low seventies. Well, I'll tell you what, I can take over grilling duties if you want me to. If you come to my house, I'm going to grill. Don't worry about that. I mean, I'll probably uh, burn everything. You won't like it. But Hey, before but before we get past the meat that's on the grill, <laughs> um, Central Nebraska Buffalo will be at the Lincoln Farmer's Market. Oh, hey. They just started this last Saturday. Yeah, so, um, you know, now's the time to, to go visit Kendra, see what's up. Tell them that the Husker Football Fan Podcast sent you. They'll, yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. Look for that big... The big white canopy with the Central Nebraska Buffalo sign. Yeah, so if you want to save yourself a little bit of money in terms of shipping costs, if you go down to the farmer's market on a Saturday, pick up some grub, you can put more meat on your grill that way. Uh, do it up. Love to see it. That's true. That's true. Take the money that you're going to spend on shipping and buy more meat with it. Yeah, exactly. That's a great idea, Mike. Go go big, too. Go big with your steak. Go big with your bison burger. And go big red. Go Big Red. And hey, folks, just a quick addendum on behalf of the both of us, a quick PSA. We realized we forgot to warn people about the portal. With spring football done, guys are going to see where they stand on the depth chart, and some are going to leave. That's okay. Don't tweet nasty stuff at them. Got it? Good. All right, so for real this time, Go Big Red. 
Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Thank you.